Hello, everyone, and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. I am Mike Hancock, Kyle Davis along for the ride. As always, we are going to get you up to date on the NLL playoffs, the Rock and the Swarm, Game 2 coming up this weekend. Game 1, of course, just took place this past Saturday night. Swarm come out on top 11-8 in a very close game, but uh, many, many different uh, roads we can go down here, KD, but... Uh, First of all, just your your general thoughts on that game on Saturday night, one that uh, I think really, obviously, by the by the score here, could have gone either way. For sure. I think it, uh, you know, just initial general thoughts here. Very, I thought it was a tight, overall, good lacrosse game for the most part. Obviously, there was, you know, stretches, or I'm sure we'll dive into it over the show, you know, refs and whatnot, calls or, or whatnot. But, you know, that aside, I thought for overall, it, it was a good lacrosse game, kind of what I think we expected, a tight game between these two. Everyone prior to this was tight, one-goal games. And, you know, you still everyone still talks about Georgia's offense, Toronto's defense. And I think, uh, you know, that was that was evident. and Or Toronto's defense was definitely evident. Uh, you know, Georgia's offense kind of picked it up as the game went on after only being held to, to, to two in the, in the first half, which I thought was a tremendous job by the, by the Rock as a team. Brandon Miller and Nett, uh, don't think he could have asked for a better start going up. I believe it was, it was 3-0, 4-0 there to uh, to start the game. And uh, at home, things were, were looking good. I think if a couple more bounces, you know, dropped or a couple more shots dropped in, in the first half there, it maybe would have been a little different game. Uh, thought both goalies were great. Uh, you know, obviously Toronto was uh, was on the wrong side of that, what they wanted. But uh, overall, I thought it was a, a pretty impressive game. I just think, you know, you know, one or two more drop offensively and you tighten up one or two things defensively. Not even one or two things, just one or two plays get tightened up a little bit. And, you know, we're, we're sitting pretty going into Georgia. But that's that's how the game is and that's why we play the games. And another big one this Saturday. Now, like you mentioned, uh, a couple of interesting calls that uh, occurred, one in the first half, one in the second half. So we want to uh, – we know a lot of fans have been interested as to how and why some of the uh, the reviews took place on Saturday night, the first of which was a shot that ended up going off the post and out kind of behind Brandon Miller's back and out of the net. It was pretty clear, I think, that the ball didn't cross the line. It didn't, uh, you know, hit the mesh and come out. Uh, it, was, it was definitely off the post and wide as the overhead – view kind of quickly um, showed but the question really more so I think surrounds the fact that Georgia didn't use a challenge in order for a video replay to be initiated later in the game we saw a ball that appeared to roll across the line was called no goal by one of the officials was called a goal by the other official and a review was initiated so essentially that is by the book also what happened in the first play you know according to the mechanics so we wanted to just read this from the nll referees case book um obviously with a three-man system in full effect now you know for the last couple of years in the regular season uh, as well as the playoffs whereas previously they had gone to this system really just for the playoffs um although back years and years ago there was a regular three-man system as well i think with a little bit of a different mechanic but anyways without getting too far into the entire history of the uh, officiating game in the National Lacrosse League. But reading from the casebook here, one of the single-side official secondary responsibilities is to assist the lead official on crease violations and non-crease violations 
and the criteria of challenge per rule 17.81. For example, if the SSO, which would be the single side official, views a crease violation that is contrary to the lead official's allowed goal call, the crew will meet to briefly discuss and the crew chief will initiate a referee review of the play. This mechanic is in effect at any point in the game. So that's essentially what was triggered in both of these plays is that one official thought no goal, the other official thought goal. They congregated referee crew chief uh, Chris Williams went into the box, reviewed the plays, and in both instances ruled that there was no goal. Now the first one I think was a clear there's no goal. The second one the evidence was inconclusive, meaning not to put words in the NLL's mouth or the referee's mouth, but the ball very well could have been across the line. However, the video evidence wasn't able to prove one way or the other whether it was or not. So you stick with the initial call by the lead referee, which was Todd LeBranch saying no goal. Your thoughts on all that? <laughs> <laughs> I Well, I thought it was a... A big turning point in the game, obviously. Uh, you know, Rock go from what we thought was 6-6 six, six to still down 6-5. Georgia goes down, makes it 7-5. Obviously, big swing at such a cr- crucial time of the game. I mean, the call itself, it, it was tough. I mean, From my vantage point where I was, you know, I saw the same jumbotron everyone else in the arena did. It, You're sitting there, it, it looked in. It wasn't to my, to my eyes, I guess. I thought it was a good goal. I thought he'd be coming out and putting you know both arms up but uh at the same time it also kind of reminded me of for in the sense like in hockey when the puck is in a goalie's trapper which is behind the line but just you can't see the puck in the goalie's glove you know like mentally and by just common sense that puck is in the net but they can't seem to get conclusive evidence that was kind of the same the vibe i got at least because Poulin's hand was in the mix and you know I saw there's pitchers out there but with the pitcher is he pulling the ball out during that time it was, it was kind of messy in that sense but I did believe it was a goal upon like the reviews I was seeing so obviously tough tough swing and you know fans expressed their emotion towards the ref rather well I thought with the uh, with the boo birds but I, I do agree with that rule in a sense of if one, you know, they they had a miscommunication on the floor, one guy calling goal, one guy calling no goal. I can't be too upset about the sense like, hey, let's stop this and figure it out. So like the no challenge yeah, I, thing. I think it's a great uh, piece of the rule book that en- that enables the referees to like your, I think getting to just yeah. say get it right. Yeah. Um, my view up from the PA booth straight down almost on the goal line um i will openly admit here that uh i do wear glasses and in my most recent visit to the eye doctor i was instructed to upgrade my prescription and i have not yet done that so this this will be i will openly admit that my eyesight is not perfect (laughs) okay however i see that ball roll across the line it's gone you know, and and from my view, my angle from up there, I know I am pretty far away, but you know, I I'm seeing, you know, there's no ball sitting on that white line; it's gone. Um, I that's why on the PA, I think I made some reference. I said there it is. We something to the effect of the ball's in the net. We just scored. Um, 
The only other thing I'll say is watching the video replay of it, the nets, the mesh of the nets is actually kind of baggy in the corners right by the posts. And with how slow the ball was rolling, I think there's every chance that maybe the ball didn't actually entirely cross the line, but since it was moving so slowly, it may have actually stopped when it hit that baggy piece of mesh. Otherwise, maybe it would have gone just that little bit deeper into the net. Now, that opens up a whole nother can of worms, I think, whether, you know, should that mesh right inside the net be baggy? Should it be pulled tight in those corners? I don't know. That I know that's a totally another uh, another topic of discussion here, but I really do feel like watching some of those replays that that may, may very well have affected the path of the ball as it's crossing the line anyways, that it maybe just kind of rested almost against that mesh, maybe not entirely over it. Poulin goes and scoops the ball out. I mean, no matter what here, Poulin scooped the ball out of the net. Whether it was all the way across the line or not, obviously going to be up for debate for ages, but I don't think there's any doubt that he pulled the ball, either if it was 80, 90, 97% of the way across the, uh, across the goal line, that he pulled it out of the net, you know, beyond uh, a shadow of a doubt here. So like you say, the, the whole fact that the glove is over top of the ball, I can see the inconclusive side, but Todd LeBranch had the best view and he called it no goal whether you agree or disagree with him you know it's kind of I I get how the process went here to being inconclusive however I still think looking at it that it crossed the line so it's one of those uh, it's going to be a debate that's going to go on forever and and who knows depending on the outcome of this series if the Rock were to lose this series um, what could have been so to speak had the game ended up being tied 6-6 and like we've talked about here, been a major momentum turner. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, you know, you don't want to – you never want it to come to a situation where you're looking back at, you know, one questionable play, I guess you could say, over the uh, a series of changing, you know, changing the way a series is portrayed. But uh, that's tough. It's a, it's a tough call, and everything gets so heightened, I guess, in the playoffs now, being a playoff game and, or being – the 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 match that it is we're talking a birth in the finals here um from this series and uh thinking positively though you know toronto's still in a good spot here uh they're going into georgia a spot they've already won this year i think i still believe this is a good matchup for the rock and they've proven that three times now this year obviously fell on the short end twice but barely you know, the 11-8 final this weekend, two empty net goals. That's still a one-goal game, essentially. Um, I have no no doubt that they're not going to, you know, rebound from this going into Georgia and, and pick up a big win. And I called it last week, I believe, on uh, the podcast there, Toronto in a mini game. So, I, obviously, it got a little different in terms yeah. of how we're going to get there. I had the win last week. Um, but I still believe Toronto in a mini game. Nothing's changed in that sense. You got to string together, you know, a good sixty, obviously, to start to give yourself a chance um, to get to the ten. But at the same time, too, and I know it's tough. It's it's so tough with emotions, um, and just to kind of shut that out. That being said, though, it still was a six-five game with fifteen plus minutes of lacrosse, to, roughly, to go 
um, you know, obviously that stings. It does sting, but I guess in professional sports, you, you, you have to find a way to rebound, I guess is what I'm getting at. Um, you know, through the adversity, and it's a lot easier said than done here, like with me just sitting here talking, and, and I understand I've been, been through it to a certain degree, but, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say that was the reason they lost the game, like, but it, it obviously played a big part in the game, but I guess what I'm getting at is there was still time left to make up that goal as well. Yeah, and I think what you're, not to put words in your mouth here whatsoever, but I think what you're talking about and, and what I think we'll probably get to here as the show goes on uh, just having that fair shot for sure you know and in this game if you've been around in a long time sometimes it feels like when you're in a matchup that uh, you know let's face facts here the Rock go into this series as an underdog yep. um, you know Georgia basically I mean they're the number one seed here overall in the league going into the playoffs so um, it, it's just that situation you know when you're in a game where you know that if you're going to win it, it's probably only, only going to be by a goal or two, and such a significant call goes against you, sometimes it feels as though you just you kind of almost need to have everything go right for you in order to have a chance to win, and including you know getting some breaks like a goal call hopefully going your way or a no-goal call going your way, and and those types of things, and then suddenly I think it, it sometimes snowballs into maybe the mindset of we didn't really get a fair shake tonight, and if only that. But but a lot of times it's it's about luck. It's about bounces. And in this game, you have to kind of make your bounces as well. So um, I think the great news, just to wrap up on this before we get to our guests, is that, like we say, this team has a chance to fight still down in Georgia this weekend. And uh, we'll dive a little bit deeper into this game coming up this Saturday in Georgia in the back half of the show. But right now, we will uh, jump into our first guest of the show. Bradley Cree and Jamie Dowick will both be joining us on the show. But we will take a short break here, and then we will welcome in the Toronto Rock owner, president, and general manager, Jamie Dowick. Stay with us. More Toronto Rock Total Access to come. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock along with Kyle Davis. And we now welcome in studio with us the owner, president, and general manager of the Toronto Rock, Jamie Dowick. Jamie, how are you doing today? I'm okay, thanks, Mike. How are you guys doing? Kyle? Good. Hey, Good. We're, Good. we're all pumped up about this game on Saturday night uh, in Georgia, game number two. A little uh, redemption and obviously a chance to move on to the Champions Cup final against either Saskatchewan or Colorado, which will begin in two weeks. So we'll, we'll talk about a few different things. Um, first of all, this past Saturday night's game, before we get into anything uh, too detailed about it, just your general thoughts on, on the actual result and uh, obviously just how close of a game that was on Saturday. Yeah, it was obviously disappointing playing at home and, and game one of, of a series. Um, you know, a team that we have a lot of respect for, but we also believe that, you know, we match up very well with and we're not intimidated by. And, um, you know, the, the result was obviously disappointing. Um, you know, I, I just felt like we could, we, we could have been better and we need to be better if uh, we're going to beat a team like that. So, uh, you know, room for improvement. We were right there. 
um, you know, we, we earned the right to be in a series, and, and we're in one, and, and we got to go down to uh, Georgia and win a game, which we did in the regular season. So uh, that, that'll be the mindset and the focus of the team. Now, in that game, uh, specifically a 4-2 lead at the half, Brandon Miller's playing great. The defense, probably the best 30 minutes they've played all year. Um, now, looking back, obviously, in hindsight, a couple more goals in the first half probably would have greatly changed how that game perhaps uh, turned out. Now, at 6-5, going into the fourth quarter, you know, there's a ball that, uh, you know, maybe did or did not roll across the goal line. Todd LeBranch right there on top of it says no goal. Matty Garrison coming in from the side as the uh, single side official says goal, which triggers a automatic review that wasn't uh, initiated by either team, initiated by the officials. Uh, something we haven't seen a ton of, obviously, but it is part of the uh, three-man mechanic, and it is part of the case book, which I've read over, and, and I even have printed out for us here for notes here today on the show. But um, well, you thought this was going to be a topic? Well, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. uh, but just, number one, maybe aside from the... Um, I guess the, the the review part of it necessarily, but just the, the momentum and how the no goal seemed to really change the momentum versus, you know, a 6-6 game. A couple minutes later, they end up scoring, and it's a 7-5 game. Very different lacrosse game. Quite a swing, a roller coaster of emotions there. Yeah, it was huge. Um, you know, on that particular play, to me, the... The, the, the mistake is in the call on the on on the goal line referee. The ball was clearly in the net. He should have been calling that a goal. And if Georgia wanted to challenge it, um, they could have challenged it, and they would have needed evidence to overturn it, which they wouldn't have been able to overturn it. Um, you know, on that particular call, I I, I understand why Chris Williams can't overturn the call because while the ball is clearly in the net it is under Poulin's glove the entire time so you never see you know it's a matter of you you know it's in there you can visualize it's in there but you can never see it so conclusive evidence so the real mistake was it should have been called on a you know a goal on the floor which everyone else in the arena could see including myself who doesn't sit that close but um you know the that that was the problem with that so um yeah it was a big turn lots of big turning points in that game to uh you know you mentioned pool in there just want to flip back to uh to your goalie in uh, brandon miller uh if you could just touch base about you know the game he had i thought he you know played outstanding as well as uh you know what he's done the last couple of games coming in for relief and kind of you know, it hasn't played much lacrosse in the last 365 days. Oh, yeah, I mean, hey, listen, Brandon's been absolutely unbelievable in the two games. He he came in in relief of Rosie and, and then as well last week. Um, you know, wasn't really healthy probably till the middle of March. Um, Rosie was on quite a tear there. And, and, you know, let me first be the first one to say we wouldn't be where we are today if it wasn't for Rosie. We wouldn't be sitting here talking about a game two of an Eastern final. So, um, you know, by the time by the time Brandon kind of rolled around to being healthy, um, you know, we, we, we were kind of moving along and, and things were going well. And, and uh, you know, lately Rosie's just, you know, 
it's not like he's playing bad. He's just not making probably as many saves as he would like to and as he was earlier in the season. And and we had to go to B a couple times, or, or Matty chose to do that. And, you know, to me, B's been pretty well unbelievable. So, um, you know, Rosie's a team guy. B's a team guy. We win as a team. We lose as a team, whoever's in that net. But, um, you know, we've always believed that goaltending is goaltending in this league we we were the deepest and we have the best and and that's why you have two and and um you know it, it's about the the now right now and uh you know he he, he definitely gave us a, a good enough game to win last game that's for sure and now looking ahead to the game this Saturday, uh, you know, with the way the the series and the playoffs is kind of set up, you're still still in a great position. You, you know, you got you bring down, you go down. You really got to have a good seventy minutes. Starts with a good sixty, of course, to get to the next ten. But uh, just with that setup, yeah, uh, you know, really, it's still a one day, and you can move on to the Champions Cup final here. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, don't know about a great position, but I mean, the reality is, even if you had won the game, you're not you know locked and if we had won that game in Toronto yeah that would have you know earned us the right to at least being in being in the mini game but you know you haven't won anything yet so um you know hopefully we go down there and play the best 60 minutes of our season and uh that's what I expect out of our team with our backs against the wall and and if if we do that I'm confident we'll get we'll get a win there and then you know we'll take our chances if if we're fortunate enough to get to a 10 minute mini game and you know, the hope is that you you play the best game of your season, um, and then carry it over into the mini games. So uh, that, that that's the plan. Now, just to go back to uh, the officiating real real quickly, and uh, obviously your choice to go uh, as far into this as you like, but you did did decide to go to Twitter this week and uh, make a fairly bold statement. Um, I guess not necessarily asking you to explain it because I think it was pretty clear what your thoughts were uh, from reading the tweet, but what was it, uh, you know, that got you to the point maybe necessarily beyond what you could read in that tweet that you decided that it was time to take to social media and, and put this out to the, to the lacrosse world? Because I was embarrassed by it. Um, and, and it, to me it was unacceptable and, and, you know, maybe we'll dive into it some more, you know, as we go here, whatever. I, I, I was embarrassed by it. I felt like it was unacceptable. Um, you know, I don't believe my team got a fair chance to show up and compete. And um, that, that's all I'm asking for. So we'll leave it at that for now. Um, you know, maybe we'll talk more about it later. Now, as far as if the team were to advance here past this weekend, there's now going to be a bye week um, factored into the playoff structure. Good thing or bad thing for, I think, the over. Well, I mean, my two cents here is it's not a terrible thing in terms of selling tickets. It does give everybody a little bit more time to sell tickets, which we know is always a challenge in this league with a short turnaround for the playoffs. But just your thoughts on uh, on that being kind of uh, thrown into the mix, wedged into the playoff schedule here at this time. Yeah, well, first and foremost, we'll worry about getting there. Um, you know, if, if we're not playing in the championship series, it doesn't affect us. Um, you know, it, it, 
wow, you really want to get me going here today. The, the animal will ask you to put me on the show this week. Like we could, we could serve up a few here. I, I, I was caught off guard by the timing of the announcement. And, uh, you know, as a team with a couple of American players um, that, you know, we've managed to get to come play in our league and, and being so impactful in this and that, um, I didn't like it. And it was caught me off guard, and um, you know, I don't make those decisions. Apparently, do you think this is going to be part of a longer term plan to to do this on a regular basis to avoid playing on the NCAA championship weekend as no, a I don't strategic so. move? I, I I don't. I'm not sure. They don't tell. I, I'm not. I'm I'm not in conversation on that. So that would be a question for someone at the league office. Bring it back to bring it back to on the floor here. Uh, you, you know, obviously some adjust after any game, there's adjustments made and whatnot. And uh, I know the boys will practice tonight. I'm sure the coaches go, you know, going over video and whatnot and doing their due diligence uh, without, I guess, tipping your hat, so to say, do you, do you expect any changes in the lineup or do you go back with the same roster? Uh, if you could just comment on that just a little bit, I know playoff time, it's a, you know, you hold that one tight to your chest a little bit, but yeah, well, I mean, the reality is, uh, you know, other than the start of the goaltender last week, we've been we've been riding the same lineup pretty well for a while here now. So I think it's pretty safe to assume that that's our lineup. We did have a couple guys come get banged up in the game, so um, you know we're not entirely sure of everyone's availability at this time. We haven't seen them since uh, Saturday night, so. We'll get a chance to see them tonight. Docs will be here, and, and I'll get a full report on how everyone's doing. And uh, you know, but uh, it's safe to safe to assume that if everyone's healthy and ready to go, you probably see the exact same lineup. Now, with the bye week factored into this, um, if there is anybody potentially banged up, um, is there a chance that? we could see Rob Hellier still at any point. I know we knew he was going to be ruled out for the entire regular season for sure. But now with, uh, you know, we're approaching, I guess, that nine month period that seems to be a a pretty regular thing around here. This team's been through a lot of ACL injuries. Um, Is there a chance he could play at some point further down the road here if the team moves on? Absolutely. There is now, Um, you know, uh, he, he's not going to play this weekend, I can guarantee you that. So, uh, you know, but, yeah, Robbie's, uh, Robbie's w- close to being cleared, fully cleared by his doctor. Um, you know, the biggest thing for Robbie is, be, is he hasn't played in a long time and this and that. So he's doing really well, probably ahead of schedule, but, um, you know, we, our docs have have a plan with our players, and 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 we believe we got the best docs, and and I believe and trust in in what they tell me, and 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 the best route. And Robbie's a 23 year old guy, and he's got a bright future ahead of us here, and we can't wait to get him back. But we're not going to rush him back. And you know, if we were lucky enough to get there, uh, yeah, there's a chance. Um, you know, there's a chance you don't. So. Um, it, I, I'd be lying to you if I said there was no chance. Finally, to wrap up, strategy for game two and the tiebreaker game. 
Um, this team has only played through this once in 2015 against Rochester, where similar situation, except, uh, you know, the team lost the game on the road to begin with, and then we're coming home, but lost game one to Rochester, came back one game two in fairly convincing fashion, and then dominated the 10 minute tiebreaker game. Um, having only been through this once and most of the players on this roster having not been through it at all, is there any particular strategy going well, in in this game, depending on how things play out? Zero right now for a team that's down 0-1. I mean, there's there's no 10-minute. You know, that maybe for Georgia, yes, because they've already won and they know they're playing in a 10-minute mini game. But for a team that's, you know, down 0-1 and facing elimination, um, it's about the 60 minutes. And, and, and um you know, the Rochester one was weird because, yeah, we did dominate the game. It was at home, but right at the end of the game, you know, they took a penalty, which in turn carried over into the mini game. Um, you know, and, and that was, and we scored instantly on the power play, and of course, just rolled in that mini game. It was, it was, you know, probably the craziest five minutes of lacrosse yeah. for a rock fan. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. So. But you know we're not we're not we're not thinking ahead to that. We we have to get there first, and so you know we'll do everything we can to whatever we have to do to win that first game, and then and then we'll see where you know hopefully that happens, and then and then we'll take our chances in a ten minute mini game if the if if we're there. All right, sounds good, Jamie. Thanks a lot for joining us, and uh, of course, best of luck this weekend. Thanks for having me. All right, so don't forget you can watch game number two uh, live on NLLTV.com and on Twitter at NLL.Twitter.com on Saturday night. 7.05 is the scheduled face-off. The Georgia Swarm and the Toronto Rock. We will take a short break now, and we will be back with more Toronto Rock Total Access in a moment. Like the legend of the Phoenix ends with beginnings Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock and Kyle Davis getting you caught up on the Toronto Rock, the playoffs, and everything coming up. And we now welcome into the studio with us Bradley Cree, defender with the Toronto Rock. Bradley, how are you doing? Great, guys. How are you? Good. It's been a little while since we had you on the show. Uh, how have things been going lately? Good, good. Yep. Uh, playoffs have been... Uh a first for me it's been a while so uh no it's uh intense it's intense stuff and uh hopefully we can get a win on saturday true i i didn't even think about that, that this was your first playoff experience uh everything you expected here or were there any butterflies going into uh, that first game a couple of weeks ago uh i'd say the first game there was a bit yeah but uh i mean it settled down pretty quickly and uh yeah no it's going going great that's good <laughs> so uh saturday night's game uh, a loss after a, a very convincing first round win over the new england black wolves uh, you knew this opponent was uh going to be the the tougher one of the first uh two here in the east division um anything you noticed in this game that georgia kind of did differently or were they a bit of a different team than what you saw at the end of march or was this pretty much uh what you expected from them on saturday no, I, I mean, there's uh, no hiding it. They're a great team. Their offense is, uh, is pretty amazing. But uh, I mean, we've we've played them three times now, and it's it's pretty obvious that we can, uh, you know, we've done a pretty good job on them. Every game has, has been close. So uh, it's it, I think it's just a matter of, uh, 
limiting our mistakes, and uh, I, I think we'll be fine, really, if we can just limit it probably two or three more mistakes. And, uh, yeah. You guys were awesome defensively on Saturday night. I mean, going into this game, do you do – you, I don't want to say fear having to play that well. Do you think you can play that well against them again? Do you think you're going to have to play even better? I mean, where what's the mindset in that regard going into this weekend? No, I think that was just – that's kind of what we've uh, preached all year, playing playing games like that. And uh, again, I think if we all, you know, limit one more mistake each to each 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 guy on our team, I think uh, I think we can be a little bit better even. Now, Brad, you, you know you're you're in a tight game there. It's six five, and uh, Mcardle seems to appears to score. I guess you could say. Um, you know, they go upstairs, obviously not the outcome uh, we, were, we were looking for in Toronto Rockland here. As a player, what does that, you know, kind of do to you when, you know, you go from such a high to 30 seconds later, you know, kind of like a shot, I guess you could say. You know, you, you go, you're still down 6-5, they go down make it 7-5. I'm sure it could be a frustrating thing, but at the same time, you you got to try and battle through that, I guess, in the moment. To, you know, you still got time on the clock and the game to play there. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a turning point of the game. But, uh, I mean, rules are rules, I guess. I I mean, every Rock fan would say that that should have counted. But uh, I'm sure if that was on the other end of us, it would have been the same same call. So, I mean, you you move on from that. And I feel like, uh, I feel if that happens again, it's going to be on our side and and we're going to get the right bounce on that. So, I mean, move move forward. We're not going to, we're not going to dwell on it. And uh, uh, I think, I think we're going to be fine uh, coming up Saturday. For sure. Now looking ahead to Saturday there, uh, I believe Georgia's only loss in that building this year is versus the Toronto Rock. Um, so, uh, you know, winning and a familiar, you know, a familiar environment to winning uh, already occurred there prior to the season. So you got to go in there feeling feeling good about, you know, picking up another win down there. And, you know, like you said, if you could uh, kind of, roll that last game into into Georgia there, minimizing a mistake or two here there. There's no reason uh, why we're not, you know, moving forward in the season. Yeah, another another tight game we had against them, and we were uh, fortunate enough to win in overtime. But, uh, yeah, like I said, it's it's essentially 70 minutes we got to put together. You know, we got to start with the 60 minutes first, and then that, that third mini game there is going to be, uh, again, a toss-up, just uh, limiting the mistakes and and uh, hopefully hopefully go from there. Now, when you look even back to that game in Georgia, like Kyle was mentioning, the success you guys had in that building, we talked about it last week with Matty Sawyer. That was almost, I think, a little bit of a turning point that weekend to win that game on the Friday night, come home and beat Vancouver on Saturday. Um, but especially that overtime win in Georgia on the Friday night because there had been a couple of overtime losses one to New England, one to Georgia earlier on in the season to finally get over that hump with the young group. Do you kind of look at, you know, this is a building where you guys have had success and it was almost a, a jumping off point. It's almost like the script has previously been written here for you guys to maybe this be another massive turning point here and, and to possibly go down there and do the exact same thing you guys did just, you know, six, seven weeks ago. Yeah, I we haven't lost in that building this year. <laughs> so uh, we can come in with that mindset, but um yeah, no, it's it's the way I look at it. Is it's two really good teams, and uh, it's really anyone's game. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I actually didn't play last last time we were there, so looking forward to to playing in that arena too, and uh, hopefully coming up with with two wins. Now, in the faceoff dot, uh, anything 
that this team does that uh, challenges the group maybe more than uh, other teams do? Uh, not really. I think uh, they have a, they have a good all-around ball team as well. But uh, I've said this before. I, I mean, could just be me being biased, but I think we have the best ball team in the league definitely with, with Jess and Brode and Latrell and all those guys. So uh, I didn't actually look at the this stats after but I think I think we 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 were ahead I think of you guys were about 62 63 percent yeah so, yeah. so um, it's yeah I mean we just just during the game and uh, uh, yeah I mean we're we're doing pretty good in that area I believe so continue from from last game now on the offensive side uh, you know obviously not uh, totally part of the game that you're involved with necessarily all the time but um, we talk about how, you know, possibly a couple more goals in the first half of that game could have made a difference um, in that second half. Do you think, you know, what do you guys have to do, I guess, in the first half maybe that you didn't do in the first half this past Saturday because you did have a lead. You were up 4-2. The defense was awesome. The goaltending was great. But, you know, what do you think you have to do to get a, to maybe get a better start uh, or a better position at the half going into the second half this week? Well, I think we hit hit a lot of posts. To be honest, I know every time it looked like Kieran was shooting, it was it was half an inch away from going in. So, I think little like you don't have to change much. We we, we looked good. I mean, uh, like Poulin had a real good game, and and again, I think we're just we didn't hit a lot of bounces that we we, we could have hit. So, hopefully, those bounces come around uh, this week for us. And uh, I mean, yeah, I think. Uh, we may have gotten a little sloppy and turned the ball ball over at times. So if we can, you know, clean up on that part, then I, I, th- I think we should be fine. And does it do anything for you guys, as a, or you personally as a defender, or even as the group, when you know you have Brandon Miller back there? You know, you've had solid goaltending all season long, really, for the most part. Uh, whether it's been Nick Rose or Brandon Miller in that recently, but when when B Miller is making a couple of saves, like he made a couple saves in that first half that were, you know. It could have turned the momentum the other way had that ball went in the net. You know, does that do anything for your morale or uh, intense, you know, intensity level or anything like that when you see, you know, what, you know, you guys maybe gave up a chance, but your goaltender just bailed you out huge. Definitely. Uh, you know, B's been B's been around all year. He's he's uh, he's probably the best teammate we have on the team. So I mean. Not that we wouldn't get up for, you know, a big save like that when Rosie's been in net, but, I mean, for, for Bita, you know, hasn't played as many minutes, and, and just to get to come in like that and step up has been huge. Uh, definitely a momentum building, builder for us. Um, but, yeah, like, he's, he, he's, been, he's been solid, and it, it definitely gets not only the defense but the, and, the, and the offense uh, going on the bench for sure. And one last question for me here, at least un-lacrosse related from the more so asking for the people, the many followers this show does carry. We haven't, uh, it's been many weeks since we've got a house update. Could you just provide us what's kind of going on there? What's the vibe there of late between the, the housemates from, you know, earlier in the season to where we're at now? And the weather's a little better now. Yeah, yeah. I'm still out there grinding, doing dishes, <laughs> cleaning up after the young guys. Uh, well, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hanging in there. I'm. I'm uh, I'm doing my part. Uh, hopefully, you know, as the weather gets better, uh, it may put the other guys in a better attitude and start cleaning up after themselves. But uh, like I said, I'm I'm out there grinding, doing everything I can. Um, but I, I'm definitely I'm holding on there for sure. Oh, it's good to hear. I you know, yeah, I, it's been a while You're since like in full update. playoff yeah. mode on the floor and off the for floor. For sure. Yeah. Try not to you know think about the 
Not get home, too high, not home, get too well, low. You, you know, know home yeah. problems are home problems, but I mean, I'm trying to think about lacrosse, but just for once would they clean up their dishes. You know what I mean? <laughs> I hear you, man. For once, for once. All right. Bradley, thanks a lot for joining us here, and uh, we'll let you get set for practice. And, uh, of course, good luck uh, down at the Hive on Saturday night in Georgia. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, that was Bradley Creed, defender with the Toronto Rock. We will take a short break here on Toronto Rock Total Access and return with more in a moment. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock and Kyle Davis here to bring this one home. It is the no-nonsense, no-gimmicks wrap-up to the show here. No extra segments. We're just going to talk lacrosse here for the most part. Uh, This Saturday night, game number two. Hopefully, we will also be seeing a 10-minute tiebreaker game following the 60-minute game two. And that would mean that the Toronto Rock would come out on top. So, KD, as we look ahead to this game, obviously do or die must win winner go home however else you want to refer to it what are your thoughts on game two and what is going to happen on saturday all the gimmicks are (laughs) (laughs) no gimmicks but i'll throw out a few cliches (laughs) this game two we got to treat it like a game seven here bingo (laughs) essentially but uh yeah obviously you know it doesn't have to be said how how big this is this is massive this is season on the line as as you mentioned on the road too you know you got a flight you got some travel here to uh to take care of um i'm sure the boys are are back out here tonight tuesday gonna get a good practice in gonna you know go over what was this past weekend make the necessary adjustments actually i know they will coaching staff and then the players all included there um and i have no reason to doubt that they're not ready to go to to rock and roll Saturday night for for a big game as any you know I don't know desperate team I guess you could say well they're desperate for a win they need the win that would be and uh, uh, I'm sure you'll see see everything they got and you know a lot of guys on the team we talk about you know the youth there still is a lot of guys who have been in high pressure situations numerous times around the league before and uh, you know, start with the captain Brody, and go, list goes down. Casey, Steph, you know, you name them. But uh, I, I think they're going to be ready. And I mentioned earlier before on the show too. I still call Toronto in the in the mini game, and I don't see that changing. You know, you mentioned a couple names there: Brody Merrill, Brandon Miller. Um, while those two have had uh, storied careers at different levels, obviously great NLL careers as well. Neither one of them have won an NLL Champions Cup. Wow. Getting towards the end of their careers, a little extra hunger, I think. Maybe a little extra motivation as well for some of these other guys on this team that, you know, you don't always you don't you don't get here every year. No, no. You know, at all. you don't get to a point where you're one game away from playing in a championship every year. So, um, there's a lot on the line on Saturday night. A lot a lot for some of these guys who you know, you you don't you also don't know if you're ever gonna you know the group's never gonna be the same year over year. This is a great group. Everybody's real tight. The number of young guys that are here is uh, you know a, a large number, and they're getting some real good experience here right off the bat. But you know, Casey Bierens won a championship in 2011. You know, he had to wait essentially a decade, you know, to do it. Cam Woods, I can remember, was the other guy on the team in in 2011 that had played. 
a real long time in the league without having raised the Champions Cup. Um, you see sometimes these guys that you would just think, oh yeah, they, they've got a they've got a ring because you know they've either won a Minto Cup, a Founders Cup, a Man Cup in the summer, and you just think, oh these guys are winners. They you know they've got they've won a World Indoor, they've won a World Field Championship, something along those lines. But you know for some of these guys, you know this could be one of their if not their last kick at the can to uh, to get an NLL championship, and that's going to be I think a little extra motivation going into this weekend as well um as far as pick as we do every week i'm gonna pick the rock to win i'm gonna pick the rock to win the tiebreaker game as well i didn't i had them winning two straight last week you did have them going to the tiebreaker game as you said i would love 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 to see game two go to overtime rock win in overtime and then win the tiebreaker like we're on the this is this is like let's put this on the big stage here let's let's write the ultimate dramatic finish to this chap this uh, chapter of the playoffs and i think another thing that's going to work in the rocks favor is i think there's truly some hatred going on here now there is a true dislike i think of that georgia swarm team and the playoffs always seem to bring that out and i don't think there was that that really existed in the first round between toronto and new england you know both teams are out there trying to win it was a good clean honest game i guess you could say so to speak but there were a lot of things sometimes that it doesn't even have to be the other team that draws out the frustration. It just happens to be sometimes that they were the opponents, you know, all the talk about the officiating, probably a few bees in the bonnet here, not to throw the swarm analogy in here at all necessarily. But, you know, I, I think sometimes that hatred, like things start to boil, you know, there was some, there was some bad blood in that game and we saw it almost, you know, boil over at the end of the game. We, we actually should have maybe, uh, Asked Brad Cree about that, about he and uh, Jerome Thompson, I believe it was, that were mixed up at the end. That, you know, there was clearly some words exchanged. One guy, you know, looked like he was very into getting engaged. The other, maybe not so much. But um, the other guy was a bit to walk away with the win. So, you know, maybe for good reason he doesn't get engaged. But I, I don't know. This has suddenly become a pretty good little rivalry here between these two teams. You look at two overtime games in the regular season a pretty closely contested game number one very much so if you take away those two empty netters it's a one goal game um i'm looking forward to something great on saturday night here and, and i would love to see it go to overtime i think it would just be unbelievable and like we said about the script that was written earlier on in the season that this was a turning point game it was an overtime win again i i, I just think it would be awesome to see some kind of launching off point like that that this team could do something special down there not only win the series but hey Let's throw some OT in the mix. Maybe let's play 70, 72, 73 minutes down there on Saturday night. That would be that would be crazy. And I know earlier in the season, Maddie said, uh, Coach Maddie said, the best two games of the NLL calendar year were the two Toronto Georgia games. But if the picture you just painted to me might might top that, obviously. <laughs> uh, and I'm assuming Reed Ryan Holt with the winner. Yeah, let's do it. Let's give it to Reed. Clutch goal, Mr. Clutch. Um, Likes to score in that building. Yes, he does. At, at important at, times. At critical times. Um, but, yeah, just to touch base on, you know, you mentioned Brody, Casey, guys like that who – or, sorry, Brody and uh, Miller who hadn't won an NLL championship. Uh, and, you know, you, you mentioned the youth on the team. and But there's no guarantee that 
you hope it is obviously you want continued success for every season but there's no guarantee the young guys are getting back to a stage where they're one victory away or this is their this could be an opportunity for them as well that uh, you mentioned the group might not be together I mean I don't want to get into next year too much but I guess what I'm getting at is you have to take advantage to the fullest of the opportunities you are given because as Brody and Brandon are examples they're few and far between right so I, I expect everyone to be pulling, you know, rowing in the right direction here uh, Saturday. And I think, yeah, if, if we could see, you know, overtime after game one, that'd be, as a fan, that would be quite the ride because, you know, there's going to be some ups and downs throughout the game. And to end on that high going into a 10-minute situation would be, uh, you know, something I don't think you'd, you'd forget. And when you mention about, you know, this becoming – or I guess what I want to say is expansion possibly coming down the road. I mean, it's been talked about. It's coming. We don't know when, but it's coming at some point in, in future years here. Maybe not this coming season, but this championship's going to become even tougher to win, you know, with more teams in the league. Um, so, like we say, this this is a carpe diem kind of moment to throw out another little <laughs> <laughs> cliche there. This is another, you know – Seize the opportunity, seize the day, um, and, and what's in front of them. One thing we haven't talked about here, the Swarm have been promoting this as 10K Day. And no secret that the crowds have not been great this year in Georgia. Um, if they do have a crowd, a big crowd, if they can push towards 10,000, does that or could that change a little bit you know going into because I, I think right now you know having been down there earlier on in the season I don't think the crowd was really much of a factor in the game could that potentially be a momentum swinger here if there is upwards of 10,000 people in the building in Georgia on Saturday for sure I, I think it could be a momentum swinger in either way though positively or negatively I mean face it going down there it was more so just Toronto versus Georgia during the regular season. No crowd really to worry about. I'm comparing that to say when you go to Bandit Land, it's Toronto versus Buffalo, but you're also that element yeah, of 15, you're, you're, you're playing 15,000 yeah. maniacs uh, in the crowd too, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, I mean, you go down there and the others, if they if they do hit the 10K or whatever, that I think the people in the building would be engaged. Their team has a chance to go on as well. I mean, they'd be be all over it so Georgia I think would be pumped up when like it's been two full seasons since they've played in front of a crowd essentially like that yeah dating back to their home opener uh but at the same time you know Toronto goes out and gets that start they started with uh this past weekend in Toronto goes up three four nothing or you know that crowd can become pretty silent pretty quick though again and you're back to you have a three four nothing lead and I mean, I know there's physical people in the building, but it just has that same vibe of the first game that, you know, they're quiet, they're, you know, maybe a little nervous. It's still technically elimination day for the Swarm as well, in a way. Yep. Um, so that could play to the to the Rock's favor. And I think just natural athletic or athletes' instincts is you get jacked up to play in front of a crowd, regardless who, you know, who, if it's home fans, away fans, you, you do get excited when there's a, a good vibe in the, the barn, I guess, to say. Yeah, and I think uh, the other thing, just to, to quickly touch on the whole two-game series format, um, 
even though Georgia has won game number one in the series and has a lead, I still think for both teams, like you say, like it's elimination day, but for both teams, like game two, clearly more so for the Rock, but almost as much for Georgia. Nobody, nobody really goes into this saying, we want to get into this 10-minute tiebreaker game and have our whole season rest on a 10-minute you know period of time. So as much as this is must-win for Toronto, it's got to be in the 95% region in terms of a must-win as well for Georgia because you just don't want to get into a 10-minute tiebreaker game to, to finish the season while Toronto is going in saying that's the only way we're going to advance. So I, I just think Georgia, like, you know, I don't think the pressure's off them at all. No, not at all. This is, uh, in a way, for, from Georgia's perspective – they're the first place team in the league. They're the team that should be moving on to the championship finals. And anything less, I'm sure, would be a disappointment. Uh, so you got to feel that pressure. If we rewind to the start of the year, obviously the Rock are here now, but the, you know this team finished tied for last. There was obviously expectations within, but no one really saw them being a, ga- a day away from making it to the championship game. So I would think there's still tremendous pressure on Georgia to, to advance or... I don't, you don't want to say the season's a waste, but you put in a lot of hard work and you, you ultimately didn't get to where you wanted to go. And that, you know, that has some pressure on everyone. Yeah. I might even argue that there could even be more pressure on Georgia here. Yeah. To win this game too, because also the momentum factor that, you know, the team that wins that game too is likely going to carry into the tiebreaker game. And we, and I say that as the Toronto Rock, I've only been through that in 2015, like we talked with uh, Jamie Dowick earlier on the show about, and and just how after that loss in Rochester, I don't think there was any pressure on the Toronto Rock going into that game two at home. Yes, you had to win game two to to have a fighting chance in that 10-minute tiebreaker game, but it it didn't feel like it was a backs-against-the-wall, do-or-die situation, even though they were down, the team was down one game, nothing at at that point in time, so... Um, it's an interesting format. There's We could talk about it to death, obviously, but uh, regardless, they're going to actually play it on Saturday night in Georgia in Gwinnett. Or is it Gwinnett? Gwinnett. You know, everybody just kind of calls it Georgia or a suburb of Atlanta. They don't really refer to it as Gwinnett. Where it actually whatever. is. Yeah, <laughs> or Duluth or whatever they're uh, referring to it as. But um, anyways, you can watch the game live on NLLTV.com as well as nll.twitter.com. It will be live to the entire universe on Twitter on Saturday night. So uh, lots of eyeballs that maybe don't uh, normally get on the game will be on the game on Saturday night, a playoff game. Uh, any ticketing stuff you want to plug here? Season ticket renewals? Yeah, season for pass sure. We still have, a, still have a lot a lot going on, even though we don't te- you know have a game to sell currently. Uh, if all goes well, we will. But uh, season ticket renewals, season new season tickets, new season passes, season pass renewals, uh, get them while they're hot here. 2018 season, it'll be here before we know it. And, uh, you know, the way this Rock team is, you know, put together and the, and the run they're on currently, it's going to, I can guarantee it's going to be another exciting year. And uh, if you have any questions, feel free to go to torontorock.com, our website, or call one of our ticket agents here, 416-596-3075. And uh, they'll be more than happy to help you out. And as I said, this 
we saw it Saturday, great this past Saturday, a great lacrosse game, and for everyone in attendance and people that you know are familiar with it, it's, it's it's can't get a better bang for your buck within the city. So uh, you know, hop on board here, and uh, before the price raise, the slight price raise of June thirtieth. So if you're if you're doing it, like I said, get on her and uh, save a couple bucks. And we should note uh, again, like we did make mention of earlier on in the show, the bye week that has been inserted into the playoffs so there will be no games may 27th 28th if the rock should advance to the champions cup and play saskatchewan the rock would host game two if the rock advanced to the champions cup final and play colorado the rock would host games one and three as the number three playoff seed regardless tickets will go on sale after the may long weekend here on tuesday may the 23rd should the rock advance so uh it's gonna be a a busy time it's gonna be a nice little breather actually with that bye week should our toronto rock be victorious to uh to have a little bit of extra time to sell a game because on the business side we know in the in the national lacrosse league world that uh, a little bit of extra time to sell a game never hurts and uh hopefully get that building full should the toronto rock advance so regardless next tuesday we will have a podcast one way or the other we'll be doing something here hopefully we're talking about the champions cup final against either the saskatchewan rush or the colorado mammoth but uh regardless we want to uh we want to still be talking a little across here next week yeah for sure and we want to be talking you know by no means do we want to come in next week talking about the season that was it's hopefully we're still in the season that is and uh, all looking forward to, to the game Saturday and getting back in here and breaking her all down next Tuesday. Alrighty, so that will about wrap things up. In the meantime, and in between time for Kyle Davis, I am Mike Hancock saying we will chat next week. Stop the rock, can't stop the rock, can't stop the rock.